from the rule of our Holy Father, St. Benedict, chapter the second. Qualis esse debeat abbas, what kind of man the abbot ought to be, continued. Above all, let him not, overlooking or undervaluing the salvation of the souls entrusted to him, be too solicitous for fleeting, earthly, and perishable things. But let him ever bear in mind that he hath undertaken the government of souls, of which he shall have to give an account. And that he may not complain for want of worldly substance, let him remember what is written, Seek first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things shall be added unto you. And again, nothing is wanting to them that fear him. And let him know that he who hath undertaken the government of souls must prepare himself to render an account of them. And whatever may be the number of the brethren under his care, let him be certainly assured that on the day of judgment he will have to give an account to the Lord of all these souls, as well as his own. And thus, being ever fearful of the coming inquiry which the shepherd will make into the state of the flock committed to him, while he is careful on other men's account, he will be solicitous also on his own. And so, while correcting others by his admonitions, he will himself be cured of his own defects. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. And so we come to the last section of chapter 2. The first paragraph enjoins the abbot to seek first the kingdom of God and his justice and to have always, in all circumstances, a boundless confidence in divine providence. I relate this first paragraph of this section for today to the beautiful litany uh, of divine providence uh, which we prayed through Lent afternoon. Uh, the abbot uh, has to give the example of this boundless confidence in divine providence. If the abbot's trust in God wavers, so too will the whole community waver in trust for God and in abandonment to his gracious providence. This obliges the abbot to make daily, sometimes hourly acts of trust in divine providence. I take this first paragraph 
very much to heart that he may not complain for want of worldly substance let him remember what is written seek first the kingdom of God and his justice and all these things shall be added unto you oh okay we're expecting workers also so go see who it is would you um in the very beginning, even before the monastery was opened here, our Lord made it clear to me that this monastery would be built by hours of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Our Lord made it clear to me that the essential building material or building block of this monastery would be the hours spent in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. And I still hold to this uh, with all my heart. And I am utterly confident that so long as we uh, hold fast to this intuition uh, given me in the beginning, given me not for me, but for all of us and for the uh, brothers who will be given to us in the future, uh, God will provide for us abundantly. Uh, the, the Father seeks the doors in spirit and in truth. What a mysterious revelation our Lord makes to the Samaritan woman at the well, that the Father who is everywhere present and knows all things should have to look for anything or want anything or seek anything. I don't know if that's ever struck you the way it has struck me, uh, that the Father should seek how is this possible? The, the Father waits for adorers in spirit and in truth. Uh, in spirit, that is to say, who approach him uh, as sons, uh, with the spirit of uh, adoption, uh, crying out, Abba, Father, in truth, who approach him through Christ. No one comes to the Father but through me. So the Father, in some way, uh, waits for uh, our adoration. Uh, the adoration that um, is focused on the divine person of the Son, which is another way of saying on his face, person and face being virtually synonymous in sacred scripture, uh, uh, redounds to the glory of the Father takes us, in fact, into the whole mystery uh, revealed in the 17th chapter of St. John. And let him know that he who hath undertaken the government of souls must prepare himself to render an account of them. This is the terrifying part of being abbot, uh, that the abbot will be held accountable for the souls of his sons. It's, it's utterly terrifying. And whatever may be the number of the brethren under his care, be they numerous or be they few, let him be certainly assured that on the day of judgment he will have to give an account to the Lord of all these souls as well as of his own. Um, this is the third time uh, in, in this text that St. Benedict comes back. The abbot will have to give an account to the Lord. So he insists on this. 
that the abbot uh, understand that he is responsible for uh, the souls of all of the brethren in his care, as well as of his own soul. So the abbot cannot excuse himself by saying, well, I didn't really understand that. I thought that he can't excuse himself. He can't say, well, um, how can I have had responsibility for all these men? There were too many, or they were recalcitrant, or they were difficult, or they were heedless. I thought everything was going well, I didn't see, I didn't know. Um, on the Day of Judgment, uh, no, uh, there will be no excuses. You knew that you took on the responsibility for souls. And thus, being ever fearful of the coming inquiry, which the shepherd will make into the state of the flock committed to him. And this, not only on the Day of Judgment, but almost every day, I seem to hear the voice of the Lord saying to me, and so, how is Father Benedict, and what are you doing for him? And how is Don Finian, and what are you doing for him? And how is Brother Cash? And how is Brother Ignatius, and what are you doing about him? And how is that Brother Hildebrand doing, and what are, you, what are you doing for him? And what about Brother John Baptist? Are you looking after him? It's, it's a very real uh, responsibility. I, I, I do not, as a rule, pry into your affairs. I don't uh, call you in every day and ask you to render me an account. Uh, your, your, your thoughts. Um, some of you come to me very willingly and freely and confess your thoughts, which is uh, according to the teaching of the rule, and I would expect that. Um, others of you are less inclined to do that. You don't share your thoughts with me, and I'm left guessing. Uh, unless I uh, call you in and say, now tell me what your thoughts are. So um, I would rather not have to call brothers in and say, uh, tell me what's going on. I would prefer that brothers come to me and say, uh, Father Prior, this is what's going on with me. But if I notice um, a shadow over your faces, kind of dark cloud over a brother's head, I will call him in and say, what's going on? Uh, know always that the best way of dealing with the dark cloud that sometimes hangs over one's head is by coming into me and speaking of it. And almost always by doing that, the cloud is dispelled. So, um, and that because humility conquers all. It's pride to want to sort oneself out. Humility conquers all. And humility uh, is that by which the machinations of the evil one are unmasked and he is put to flight. So when 
a brother is in a spiritual struggle, uh, it is pride to say, I'll sort this out on my own. Uh, no, uh, the humble man says, I cannot sort this out on my own. Uh, and uh, he comes in and talks about what is going on. And then the abbot is able to, with his grace of state, help the brother. And when a brother does this, he's helping the abbot to fulfill what St. Benedict enjoins here in the rule, that the abbot will be held accountable for each brother. But it's difficult for the abbot to um, be accountable for the brethren if the brethren uh, dissimulate or keep their troubles to themselves. It makes the work of the abbot uh, even more difficult. So the abbot is to fear the coming inquiry which the shepherd will make into the state of the flock committed to him. And while he is careful uh, on other men's account, he will be solicitous also on his own. So the abbot has to render an account for his own soul. And so, and this is the, the comforting part of this whole chapter, while correcting others by his admonitions, he will himself be cured. The Latin text says, uh, of his own vices. Uh, Abbot uh, Sir David Oswald Hunter Blair says defects. I don't think he wanted to say vices, but uh, the, the Latin text says he will be cured of his own vices. And this is comforting, that uh, in caring for the souls of the brethren, uh, the abbot is himself cured of his own vices. This does give courage uh, and, and comfort to the abbot. It's almost as if the medicine he administers to his sons must first pass through him to reach him. And so it cures him in passing through him to reach the brother. <clears throat> 